Good evening. My name is Father Matthew. You can stay pretty far back from these. My name is Father Matthew Leonard. I'm the pastor over at St. Margaret Mary Catholic Church in Swannanoa. They asked me to talk here, and I said I want to talk about who am I. But I think I'd rather talk about who are you. So if I ask you that question, who are you? What do you think your answer would be? Well, you might start off by telling me everything that's on Facebook. And you might start giving me a few details about your life. But as soon as you found out that's not what I'm interested in, what I really want to know is, who are you? I would probably see your eyes get very big and their fear would enter in. Because the chances are you don't know who you are. Now, if I were to change that question and ask, who do you wish you were? Well, then you could probably talk to me for hours, endlessly, about who I wish I was. I wish I was this, and I wish I was that, and I wish I could do this, and I wish I didn't do that, and I wish I had this ability. I'm sure for hours you could tell me who you wish you were. But if I ask you, who are you? It becomes a scary topic. Just thinking about looking inside and who am I becomes an uncomfortable place to go. Why is that an uncomfortable place to go? And why is who you wish you were so readily available? This is a big struggle we have all of our life, who I am and who I wish I was. <laughs> most people spend most of their time and most of their energy, most of their thoughts on who I wish I was. That's who I'm trying to become. Which is almost the same thing as saying they spend most of their time and most of their energy hating who they are. Because who they are gets no attention. It gets abandoned. Only thing I care about is who I wish I was. And if I go through my life continually receiving and accepting and desiring and spending my time and energy trying to become who I wish I was, then it's not possible to love who I am. And yet the God who reveals himself as I am, a verb of being, being itself, reality itself, existence itself, only loves what is. And now I have two things here, two realities, who I am and who I wish I was, and only one of them exists. The other doesn't exist at all except in my head. It never has existed, and it never will exist. And God doesn't love it, because God loves what is. And who I am is. Who I am is real. Who I am has being and existence and reality. Who I am is known by God and loved by God, even though it's despised by me. I only love what I wish I was. And not only that, I actually formulate some sort of equation in my head that who I wish I was is also who God wishes I was. And so I become who I wish I was, and I meet who God wishes I was, and there's God. 
I actually think I'm going to meet God in this fantasy place that doesn't exist and never will. Because God only exists one place. And that's who I am, where I am, how I am. <laughs> the scary place that I don't know about because I don't like and I don't want to go there. I want to be someone else. It's a place that is very lonely. It's very abandoned. It's very scary. There are very dark and scary things that live there, and I don't usually like to go there. I don't like to present who I am to others. We like to present a mask. And maybe we could call this mask who I wish I was. And that's what I'll present to everybody else. And of course, it's okay. We can justify that because one day I'll become that. I'll just slip into that mask and nobody will ever know it wasn't me in the first place. And that's never going to happen because that doesn't exist. It never has. It never will. This false ego self, this flesh, this sinful self, this mask we present to the world that doesn't exist. And in our pretentiousness, this is what we present to others. We don't present ourselves. We don't even present ourselves to ourselves because it's too scary. It's too shameful. That's where my fear lives. That's what my shame lives. That's where my anger and my hate lives. If I ask you, who are you? And you look at me with scary big eyes or blank, it's probably because would be just as hard if I were to say, what are you ashamed of? What are you afraid of? What do you hate? These are the things you don't know about yourself, that you hate about yourself, and that we just don't go there. And yet that's where God is. We think we'll find him in this other place, but that's not where God is. This is where God lives and who I am. That which I don't present to others, that which I don't even like to present to myself because it's too scary. I'll just spend all my time and energy and thoughts and consciousness on who I wish I was. I just take everything else and stuff it down into this dark box, this sinful box, and, and, and push it away as far away as I can, but it doesn't go anywhere. Because it, it's me, so it lives within me and it grows up and it becomes a great, big, dark, scary monster that lives in my unconsciousness that I'm not even aware of because I don't know it and I don't love it. It influences how I think and feel and speak and act and I'm not even aware it's there because it's the scary place about myself I don't want to go. And then not only do I not present myself to others and not present myself to myself, but I don't present myself to God. I present who I wish I was, who I think God wants me to be. And yet all God wants is in that box. Because that he loves, that he can heal, that he can deliver, that has existence and being. That's me. That's where God lives. It's just not where I live. God lives where who I am and loves me for who I am. And yet I love what I wish I was. And so I don't even present myself to God. I'm convinced most people's prayers are probably closer to manipulation than prayer. In other words, we say what we think God wants to hear. If I only told you what I thought you wanted to hear, That'd be manipulation, wouldn't it? 
That's not conversation. That's not truth. That's not me giving myself away to you. I'm only trying to say what I think you want to hear. I'm presenting something false to you so that you'll think of me in a certain way. And I'm convinced that's what most people's prayers are. Oh God, I'm sorry for everything in this box. Let me push it away and get it farther away from you. I promise I won't do it anymore and I promise I'll start doing this and start doing that. We say what we think God wants to hear. That's a prayer of a child under the law, under slavery, who doesn't know who they are, trying to please the parent, trying to say what they think they're supposed to say. And yet all God wants is this. What's true prayer? Well, this is who I am. But it's in this box. That's me. That's all there are. I got to give you. That's prayer. God, I need to meet you because I'm afraid of this, because I hate this, because I'm ashamed of this. That's prayer. That's not manipulation. That's not childishness. That's me presenting myself to God. That's me experiencing the presence of God in my life. That's the path of knowing who I am and knowing who God is. The other is probably closer to following original sin. Eat this, you'll be like God. Eat this. You won't be who you are. You'll be who you wish you were. <laughs> You'll be grown, you'll be mature, you'll be perfect. As St. Irenaeus would call it, original sins trying to gain that perfection by illegitimate means, by an illegitimate process. As though we didn't have to go the way of the cross. As though we didn't have to go the way of self-love and love of others. As though we didn't have to go to those scary places, those painful places. Be it it is there that we discover who we are. Who am I? Well, I spend so long hanging around who I wish I was, and we just don't hang around who wish we wish we were. It's the same with others. There's, there, there's who my family is and who I wish they were. Which one do I hang around? Well, if I spend most of my time trying to change them, correct them, and fix them, then I'm trying to hang around who I wish they were. And my only interaction with them is merely to let them know I don't receive you. I reject you. I don't love you. What I love is who I wish you were. I could do the same about this world. There's the way the world is and the way that I wish it was. And yet there's only one thing that can be loved. There's only one thing that's real. There's only one thing that has existence and being. And that's who I am. And that's who you are. And that's what the world is. And until I realize this, I can never receive my life. I can never receive my life with gratitude and just say thank you. It's always a struggle to trying to be who I wish I was. Always a constant rejection of self. A constant rejection of others. Because if I don't love myself, how can I love another? If I live my total consciousness and all of my life... And who only in who I wish I was. And what am I going to do in relationship to you? Am I going to see you? Or who I wish you were? Until I've been loved in my darkness. I've never been loved. Until I've experienced that somebody loves me for just who I am. Somebody loves me despite all my ugliness, all of my wounds, all of my hurts, all of my pains, all of the things I don't like about myself. Until I've been loved there, I've never been loved. 
And once I've experienced the love of God there, then I know who I am. I'm the lovable one. I'm the beloved. (laughs) Now I can love myself despite my darkness. Now I can love others despite their darkness. I understand. I know who I am now. I am the beloved. A few weeks ago, we had the baptism of Jesus in the Gospels. He's declared to be the beloved son. And he's anointed with the spirit from on high. This becomes the foundation of his life, the foundation of his ministry. It's who he is. I am the beloved. I'm the loved of the Lord. I'm the beloved son or daughter of God. I'm the anointed of the spirit. And immediately says he's taken from there into the desert by the spirit. The Spirit always leads us back to the desert. Never a place we want to go. The Spirit leads him into the desert and there he's tempted. And what are his temptations? If you really are the Son of God, the temptation is to steal away his identity, to steal away who he is. I am the beloved of the Lord. I'm the Son of God. I'm the anointed one. And that is who you are. You are the beloved of the Lord. You are the son and daughter of God. You are the anointed one. When that becomes the foundation of our life, when that becomes the foundation of our identity, of who we are, It is indestructible. It is everlasting. It is eternal life. Nobody can take away from me. It cannot be earned. It's not about performance. It is a gift from God. It's who I am at the core of my being. It's who I am before I was born, before the foundation of the earth. It is who I am by the plan and purpose of God. It is the gift of God. Am I ever going to receive it and say thank you? Am I ever going to receive my life? Am I ever going to love it? Am I ever going to celebrate it? Am I ever going to give it away? Or am I going to keep trying to hide it and be ashamed of it? And try to live in who I wish I was. Thinking that somehow that's the answer to get somewhere. But it never gets me anywhere. I live in this false ego self, this pretensive self, this flesh, this sinful self, this self that really doesn't exist. And it's so pretentious, it's so high maintenance, it's so insecure. All it ever knows is not enoughness. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough energy. I don't love enough. I'm not loved enough. I'm not holy enough. That which I do best in this whole world, I do imperfectly. Not enoughness could totally define me. And so what's the answer to not enoughness? More. And that's how I experience my life. Not who I am and its sufficiency, loved by God, but my need for more, my need for growth, my need for that which I wish was. I need more. I stand in the presence of God and all I know is I need more of everything because God has all and I'm nothing. And yet the good news says who I am is the beloved of the Lord. Who I am is the son and daughter of God. Who I am is the anointed one. And yet this false self only lives in not enoughness. It only lives in incompleteness. It's always trying to be more, become more, do more, have more. 
defined by what I have and what I do and what others think about me. It's never enough. It's never satisfying. It can never be love. It's always incomplete. It's always not enough. It's always just something I'm striving after and never able to actually receive and give thanks for and celebrate. And yet who I am is always lovable because it is God that assigns all dignity and value and worth. And it is God that determines that it is lovable, that it is receivable, it is rejoiceable, it is to be celebrated. And I can receive all of these things. It can be my identity. It can be the foundation of my life. It can be how I understand who I am. I can be received and lived. And yet this false self cannot seem to be able to receive itself or anything else. It's always other. It's always out there somewhere. It's always something yet to be gained or yet to be achieved. I can never receive here and now and this. I can never live in this moment, celebrate this moment. There's never a good spot. There's never a good time. There's never a good place. There's never a good person. And yet, what was Jesus' one homily? Now, when I say one homily, you know, Jesus only had one homily, the scriptures tell us. All the other things he said were reactionary, based on where he was, or based on what he was doing, or based on what others were doing, or based on questions that were asked him, or based on the situations. But the, the Gospels tell us he had one homily, where it says he went about from village to village preaching. Isn't that amazing? You're all Christians, you don't know Jesus' one and only homily. He only has one, and you don't know what it is. Now is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. That's his only homily. It says he went about from village to village saying this. Now is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, he's saying it's here and it's now. Repent or change your mind, change, change the way you think and believe this good news. That's Jesus' only homily. It's here, it's now, it's this. Quit thinking the way you're thinking and actually receive the good news. Actually believe that you're the beloved and not who you wish you were. Quit believing you're not enoughness, incompleteness. Quit believing your condemnation of everybody around you. Quit believing all this bad news that causes you to be separated from yourselves and God and one another. Repent, change the way you think and believe the good news that you're the beloved of the Lord, that you're the sons and daughters of God, that you're the anointed with the Spirit. It's here, it's now, it's in this, in my life, in reality, in what is. It's in every moment of my life. Every moment is pregnant with the grace of God. Every moment is pregnant with the presence of God. No matter where I am or what I'm doing or what's happening, it is here, it is now, it is this. I can choose to participate in the good news. I can choose to believe and be in fellowship with God, wholeness within myself, union and communion with my brothers and sisters. It's always available. It's here, it's now, it's in this. Change the way you think and believe this good news. That's how Jesus believed. That's how Jesus walked about. Always walking about in the Spirit. 
in the way of the kingdom, not in the energy of the flesh, not in this false. He didn't walk around trying to change everybody and fix everything. As a matter of fact, Jesus came to this earth and he fixed nothing. There's still wars and there's still crime and there's still sickness and there's still poverty. He came to this world and he fixed nothing. What did he came to this world and do? He loved it and was present to it and celebrated with it and received it and said, this is the good news. You are the beloved of the Lord. I am the beloved of the Lord. Let's receive this gift. Let's receive who we are. Let's receive this good news, this gospel. It's here, it's now, it's in this. It's in this scary thing that you hate. It is in this unpleasant wound and pain that you feel. It is in the shame that you have. It is in one another, it is within ourselves. It is everywhere, everything belongs. No matter where you are, no matter what's going on, this is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe this good news. Receive who you are. This is a hard thing for us to do. We're so programmed to hate ourselves. We're so programmed to hate everything and everyone and critique everything and reject everything. How hard it is to love everything. Just the way that it is to receive it, to bless it, to give thanks for it, to be in loving union with it, to give it away, to celebrate it. But in order to celebrate all things, to be in union and communion with all things, to love all things, I would have to see the, the plans and purposes of God, the way of the kingdom present in all things and everywhere. Now, who are you again? That's the big question. Who am I? What do I allow to define myself? What becomes the foundation of my life? Well, if I go back to that other spirit, the wrong spirit, the flesh, this false ego self, this sinful self, always trying to be enough, always trying to have enough, always trying to do enough, always trying to impress others, what would happen if I win? What would happen if this sinful self actually wins if it actually gets what it wants. Did you ever think about that? Whatever happens if you actually become who you wish you were? That's the worst possible experience we could have. It'd be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person, a popular person, a powerful person, a person who actually thinks they made it and survived and got enough. Because now you never know who you are. You never know that you were the beloved. You never know that you are the son and daughter of God, that you are the brother and sister of one another, that you are the anointed of the Lord, that you are chosen, that you were willed into existence and loved into being and chosen by a God who already knows everything you're ever going to do. All you know is you're the one that waited. You're the one that won. You're the one that has enough. You'd probably look down your nose and judge everybody else and wonder why they don't have enough. I have enough holiness, I've made it, look at me and my self-righteousness. You'd probably just look down at everybody else. and You don't know who you are, so you obviously you don't know who they are, the beloved of the Lord. You'd give them a different label, a not enough one. A one that doesn't have enough holiness, one that doesn't have enough of whatever. But when we know who we are and receive who we are, we know who each other is. 
We understand the path, the road that it takes of this self-discovery, of this reception of God's grace, of receiving our life. Now we can receive another. We can receive all things. We're no longer trying to win. We're no longer trying to become. We're no longer trying to achieve. We're no longer looking at who we wish we were, the way we wish things were. We're actually able to love for the first time, just to be with, just to receive that which is the only thing that can be loved, that which exists, who I am, who you are. Nothing else can be loved. Nothing else is worthy of being loved. To achieve the other would be tragic. It would be to separate myself from whom I am. To actually achieve this falseness and its perfection. And so I ask you, who are you? I hope that question asked you doesn't bring you to fear, doesn't bring you to despair, it doesn't bring you to self-loathing. I hope it brings you to an excitement. That, wow, who I am, I get to discover. There's a whole other world out there. I don't even know yet, and it's me. There's a whole other universe. There's a whole other existence. I can participate in me. I can receive me. I can love me. I can discover God there in me. And then when I discover God, I discover the kingdom. I discover the life of heaven, the life of God. I discover my own life. That's all I got. <laughs>